This is Spill the Sauce Podcast with Sam Hastings with Sam Sauce and Radi from Fire. Welcome everybody to Spill the Sauce Podcast with Sam Hastings from Sam Sauce and Radi yeah. from Fire. Um, today we are also joined by none other than the Stanky Brothers, Eric yeah. and Eddie Stankowicz. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Living life, man. Living life. Enjoy. I'm very excited. I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. Um, for the listeners out there right now, you guys are in for a treat. Um, continue to listen. These are two of uh, the coolest dudes I have ever met. Um, they know the industry. They know their shit. Uh, I'm very excited for this conversation. I got mad respect for these guys. So I'm excited. I'm excited. We love you, brother. That's awesome, man. Thanks, Eric. I think we know what we're doing. Maybe perhaps a little bit. Oh, who Yo. knows? Yeah, we're just you know trying to trying to make it. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, all we know is I, I can look at everyone here. I see a lot of cool, familiar faces, but there's passionate people here, and I think passionate people will always get to where they want to go. Um, and we're just trying to figure out the direction to take. Take a couple wrong turns here and there. It's fine. Yeah, so Stanky, let's get right into the meat of stuff. Sam and I have been like very open talking about how we do our stuff is like the hard way because our way is the way of, of doing it by hand and doing it ourselves, and then all the research and like the cooking and the prepping and stuff against uh versus a co-packer and you utilize a co-packer. Um, so we have invited you guys today here to the show um because we want to know your side of how complicated is it to you actually use a co-packer and the things that you have to go through. Um, that perhaps are not as smooth as it looks to us, for example. Because, um, I mean, I was even riffing with Roddy, like seeing posts from bigger people. I mean, these are huge guys and their facilities. I mean, it's co-packing in different countries where, you know, they're dropping thousand bottles like a minute, just boom, boom, boom. And I imagine like with your co-packing facility, like we've discussed that a little bit. It doesn't seem like that huge i mean it's not that automated where someone's just press a button people are still hands-on but yeah honestly um let it rip guys we're just curious to know the trials the errors um the ups the downs the strikes and gutters i, I guess i'll take this one because i'm the one who deals mostly with the co-packers and i've seen uh firsthand the two different co-packers that we have used so um the first co-packer we use that guy does things the way you guys do your stuff so we the first co-packer we used he Everything was hands-on. He even let me go in the kitchen and uh, with the immersion blender, I was there with the immersion blender doing it. And then hand bottling each each one with the funnel, pouring it into the funnel, wiping it, putting the, the little cap on it. And um, that was the first co-packer I used. And the reason I wanted to go with the co-packer the first time is because I was living in Arizona. I didn't really have the facility. I didn't know how long I was going to be there for. It was just the infrastructure of the company itself. Like, okay, what am I going to do? Where I'm going to? How am I going to do it? Um, and the guy really guided me in the process. Although I'm still not like I don't fully know how to do everything when it comes to certain registrations because the co-packer does that for you. That was one of the reasons was because for me it was it was easier. That the main challenge was getting the recipe right which honestly if you look at our recipes our recipes are fairly simple so they're not as complicated uh it wasn't as complicated to get right um as it is for some other folks now you look at our ingredient listing simple our current co-packer without naming any brand 
um, has, has seen because I know who he, they co-pack. So obviously my little investigative mind goes and checks out everybody who's being co-packed by them. Um, I've looked at some, some ingredient listings that have like 30 plus ingredients in one sauce. That's where it gets crazy, man. If you're putting that many ingredients and you're asking a co-packer to try to get it like right, there's just too many variables and too many things that could go wrong. And I think when it gets that high up, it's a, it, it, it's wild. But for us, luckily, it hasn't been bad. Um, however, the recipes that we want to have made, we can't because it involves and like we've we've talked this before privately amongst ourselves that we have ingredients that are smoked um, and, and some other things that require a little bit more of that hands-on attention that a co-packer just won't do. Now, the first guy offered to do it for us. He's like, I'm going to buy a smoker and I'm going to smoke your stuff for you. Why does your current co-packer not smoke it? Like, is it just like a thing that they don't want to do or something that they can't do? Co-packer is just so mainstream. Um, Even so, the places that I've kind of peeked around, people are just like smoking, no. Grilling, charring, they're they're not doing it because imagine doing that in a great scale, like hundreds of pounds. That's like a, a walk-in freezer that's a smoker, essentially. I mean, it's a, it's a substantial amount of room or equipment for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, so basically a co-packer is going to take ingredients that are ready to go to dump in the kettle. So uh they're thought out um anything iqf huh um individual quick frozen iqf so that's yeah, yeah. That, the iqf and and now that you know there's iqf that i they're stepping it up so like we can get roasted products um iqf which is pretty cool and actually that's something that we're looking at for one of our future recipes is to use like uh roasted tomatoes or roasted bell peppers um because that's cool it adds that little element you know uh but still you know and sam knows it well roddy you know this too but there's nothing like smoking like you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, and, then, and then even uh sorry to interrupt i know with some of the bigger names like you know we could even shout out like scott from lucky dog um he swears by just smoking salt he's like he has a sauce that's smoked but he just smokes the salt and then sends it to his co-packer and he just makes the sauce. He's like, it's the same thing. And I'm just like, yes, I get it. But to me, it is not the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it really isn't. So one of our one of our um, sauces that is currently in our line, um, when we originally made it, we made it with all smoked ingredients because I really like to cook. I have zero culinary experience. I just I, I've always loved barbecuing. I've always loved smoking and grilling. Um, so we decided when we originally were doing the research and development and just trying to figure out what sauces we wanted to make, um, we smoked all of our ingredients and then we made the sauce. And that's probably one of the most delicious sauces I think we've ever made, yet we can't make it. Um, so I think that yeah. that's one of the biggest, like, um, when you talk about hurdles or just frustrations. Um, and you know, I don't think that you know, when you when you go on a business aspect of it, because at the end of the day, this is a business like I don't think there's really a right way to do it. There's definitely a wrong way to do it, but there's not a right way to do it. So like when you talk about the way people attack uh, making sauces, it's it's just everybody has to stick to their laurels. They have to do it the way they do, because that's the way that makes your sauce authentic. Um, for us, it just happened to be going with a co-packer with these 
first few sauces that we made but you know um we have a lot of recipes out there that we want to do but like eddie said it's just no one wants to touch it no one wants to do it and and, and that's a very frustrating aspect of it i have two things one a little bit of like sidetrack you mentioned being like not a uh, not having culinary experience or being like good at grilling and like smoking stuff i'm a great home cook but i have no confidence in front of a grill I would burn the shit out of any meat that I put in there. So it's always a gamble. I love grilling stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like I have a grill and I'm all even now in winter in cold ass days. I'm out there smoking a joint and smoking some meat at the same time. And just like, okay, like this is going to be great. And like, it, it's a matter of like being probably amazing and then being completely burned. I don't know how to do it. Like in between. You know why? Why? Because you're too young. When you're 30 and up, <laughs> you only get into like what classic cars or you get really into smoking food i saw like a <laughs> meme on that and it's like dude there's no other direction you take when you're older that was the most, <laughs> that was the most relatable meme because i've seen that one too i was like yeah 100 percent. i got into smoking just give it time just, buddy i'm about to turn yeah. 29 so yeah i'm almost there guys i'm almost there <laughs> and then um, you're just gonna be like monica everybody come check this shit out <laughs> my boy just made a brisket and it's on point <laughs> question and this can get edited out if you if you don't want to talk about it can we go into the financials of starting with a co-packer and what your ordering process is like and like budget and and how much you spend is, is that or like an estimate you don't need to tell me like down to the money no, but no. like I'll, is it okay I'll, to like talk like volume so people understand that it's not just as you know you know, oh, I'm buying whatever, and it's like cheap. That it's an actual like investment that you have to do upfront with the 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 you know the 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 faith that you're gonna sell it and move it and like be actually make your investment back and your profit. Yeah, because if people are listening, they're not getting tens or twenties of bottles. I mean, it's it's a substantial order. So yeah, yeah. Without throwing out like the exact cost on everything, I'll tell you, um, your average uh co-packer is going to charge you first an R and D fee per sauce, per flavor. The R&D fee is going to be anywhere between like $600 and $1,100. Jesus, um, just for the R&D? Just for the R&D. But the R&D is going to include um, making sure your recipe is right. So they usually give you like two or three chances. Like they'll give you the initial batch. You call, you try and be like, eh, that wasn't good or let's change this. They'll give you a second one. Um, and usually... If you want like the third one, they're going to charge you like an extra hundred dollars for like that process because they do have a guy in his little kitchen in the lab, you know, doing his thing. Um, but what also that that also includes like uh, your nutritional facts, like which is pretty easy to get, you know, if, if you know to, to get and then you're going to get your uh, uh, your process authority letter. They're going to do all the FDA stuff for you. So you're not dealing with that stuff but so that's the that's the first part i recently i i recently um helped a friend actually to do some r d for uh for a sauce that we're making and i did all of that for them and they paid for like all the services and stuff and then i actually ended up charging them 200 bucks for it so that was like that would be the most pleasurable thing in the world i love that shit. i would just be like yeah. dude just take me out for dinner man yeah <laughs> but like, okay for the money so hey i was like yeah i'll take it so you're saying eddie with with that lump sum of cash you know is anywhere from like 600 to like you know 1100 bucks that's including all of that shit, like you know your process of authority which that's that's awesome i mean it takes time but time is money and that's that's pretty good value i guess in hand mm -hmm. 
yeah so that that's one of the that's really like the main reason we did that the first time and i'm like shit maybe i shouldn't have done that well not that i shouldn't have done it but now i really need someone to kind of guide me and walk me through the process of doing it myself um you know for the process authority and all that da stuff so i know how to do it once we get to our little you know um mad laboratory and start you know popping out our stuff on our own um but we, we will always use a co-packer going forward with our what we're going to call our main line of sauces and down the line we'll have like our nice little limited ones or you know seasonal ones um that we really want to have that hands-on experience um not only for ourselves but for the consumer because the consumer does like when you you know put your blood sweat and tears into something so I told um, you the other day on the, on the phone. Hey, you need a spot to make stuff. You want to make small batch? I know a guy. People are listening. A Roddy with Fayeco. He has a gorgeous <laughs> facility, and um, I think he'll treat you right. Just reach out to him. Yeah, no, I Yo, I think I think right now Roddy's Roddy's kind of where everybody kind of wants to be. He's got that facility, but he's got the knowledge and he's got the way to make shit delicious um if you've never tried his mama wana sauce like you talk about passion into the sauce like yo that shit is one of my favorite sauces because like so i went to the dr like uh, probably like six years ago now um and i had a great time and, and i got to meet some of the locals and mama wana was where it's at so it's just a it, it, it's a great sauce so if people haven't tried it definitely try it but yeah, is this a city really? in Dominican Republic called the Mama Juanas? The Mama Juanas oh, is that? the name of the drink. So it's a, it's, yeah. it's a traditional spice drink, Sam. Ah, it's, uh, I just it's, thought it was a fun song because dude, that angle you guys made. I'm right going away to really bring good. you some to New Mexico. I'm going to bring a couple bottles of Mama Juana to New Mexico. Just Fucking say, good. say I who wants one. I see right hands right. Yep, there you go. I'm bringing like Yo, Roddy. Yes. Don't don't tease me with a good time. Number one, but number two, Sam. One thing I learned in the DR is that Mama Juana is known as the Dominican baby maker. So be careful. <laughs> what was that? Is there alcohol in it? It is. It's a dude. It is nothing. It, so it's a mixture of rum, whiskey, wine, and like some other like awesome. stuff. You can put whatever you want in it, literally. So my dad has had a, a gallon in my house for like twenty years. He's had that gallon for as long as I have memory, and he just keeps refilling it. So it's like this like huge gallon with a bunch of like sticks and roots and, and like herbs and stuff. And like, you can go to like a shaman in the mountains or whatever and like have it made for like, you know, to get your dick hard better or like it's whatever. Legit. Yeah. And then like they go, they mix it with like all that stuff. And then they go like, hey, now go put, you know, alcohol in it. And then you, if you want to like, you let it like season the the root and, and the alcohol to kind of like to seep in the flavors of that, and then it tastes like a spiced spirit. And you can add honey so to like it. Bathtub, Jen. Yeah, it, but yo, it is <laughs> sweet and it is strong as hell. So when you know a couple shots of that, it's just enough. Uh, so Eric went to the DR, or someone went to the DR, but this is like now fifteen years ago, and you brought me back a little flor de caña that had a little bit in there um and i never wanted to use it so it was like one of like the little um shooter bottles and it just had the the stuff in there and i was like man i don't ever want to use this and it had like this like nice little leather casing and everything so when i moved to orlando the last time 
it was in a box and when i took it i was like oh i'm gonna I'm I'm do this because what they say is you just add the liquor to it but it had waited so long that like there was this like fungus growing in it <laughs> so <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah um and, and right now with you know the, the the last of us and all this fungal stuff and all these uh, i'm like i'm not messing with fungus but again that was like a couple years ago that i saw that but yeah man i i still haven't tried the actual mama juana like i've tried your sauce but like the actual alcoholic beverage i haven't tried and i i'll bring you a bottle to new mexico i'll see you in, in a week in, in, in less than a month man i'll see you in a yeah. couple oh, weeks. Oh, so you're actually bringing the drink not just the hot sauce i'm bringing the drink yeah oh, oh shit yeah we're, 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 we're like the hot sauce yeah i'm, oh, like, yeah, dude, I'm talking the drink so you're saying like co-packers they ain't gonna go near mama juana's like in in the u.s like people no they're not making that but anyways back back to like co-packing uh trials and tribulations um i mean yeah like i like i think did you just start getting into like the financials um and kind of curious like where else that would explore and more or less i know personally i really want to know like what sucks about it like what's what's fucking hard i mean obviously without being hands-on but you have to have setbacks everybody's heard zach from high desert I mean, his big hit in the nuts when it comes to co-packing. Uh, it's not all like, hey, here's a finished product and it's all good, baby. Um, shit could happen. I have to say we we got really lucky with with our co-packer and, um, you know, not all co-packers are made the same. Um, so luckily, our our guys have known what they're doing for a while. Um, so they they have years of experience. Um, I think if, if anybody that's listening to this and and has the idea of going with a co-packer, do your research. Um, cause, cause you can get yourself in a real bad situation. Uh, but you know, a lot of the times we don't read the fine prints on things. And, and sometimes if you're signing a contract, definitely, you know, read that fine print, but, um, it, it can happen to any of us. And, and honestly, we, we, we're just really lucky that, that the people that we do and, they're not the cheapest ones out there on the market, but they they do their shit right and, and they know what they're doing. And I think that that's a, a valuable thing. But yeah, you, you could absolutely get stuck in, in a real bad situation if you got a shitty co-packer. And there's there's shitty co-packers out there that have no idea what the fuck they're doing. I was going to say, that's shitty of a co-packer to actually just do that. Like, I thought of, you know, like helping other people, like kind of like co-pack um, in my, my facility. And like, I would not like cheat them out like that. Cheat them out? What do you mean? like just like make him sign a contract and you know oh. that this is like fishy and stuff like oh you yeah. know what i'm gonna make the fine print like super fishy and dingy just you know for for my own benefit or whatever yeah I, and and you know we've talked about this on the, the the hot sauce summits and it's one of the things that i've mentioned i was like i think everybody needs to have that co-packer ready to go not that you have to use them but it's good to have it because that's what happened with zach it was the rush to have to use it that caused that big issue where um you know you you pay that r d fee you have it ready you're like okay this is what the recipe is and you keep on doing the things your own way but you get that call from like hot ones or from fuego box you know fuego box is gonna like if you get into fuego box they want i think like five thousand bottles just about you know which is still that's a hefty order right i can do um, that but yeah well, you could do it 
I can do that. I can do that. His hands, right? Yeah, I need a way, uh, more help. But you know, uh, Heat has called and they want fifty-eight thousand bottles, and they yeah. say you you have four weeks to do this. You know, Michael Packer could do that in a couple days. Um, so and they will pack it, freight it, ship it. They'll handle all of that for us. Um, but that was yeah, I, I'll get to you. But that was one of the main things that I always said. Like it's good to kind of just have them as like a placeholder and be like okay just in case because you never want to just jump into it um but i'll let sam go and then i'll just say one more thing that i have when it comes to financial oh, let it, keep, keep riffing on it buddy i just had something to chime in don't stop okay so <clears throat> going back to one of like one of the things that sucks you know and, and you had asked this what is like the minimum quantity well you're looking at um if you want your price breaks you're looking at 150 gallons um 150 to 300 gallons depending on the co-packer what whatever the first guy we used was doing like i think we did 60 gallons um and he was doing it in the uh 20 ga gallon kettle um so th the first price breaks were at like that 60 gallon mark um now our minimum is 150 and then the next price break is 300. so what sucks is let's say all of a sudden, and this is what happened to us in December of last year, um, all of a sudden we had one of our retail partners and I froze, so I don't know if you could still hear me. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, one of our retail partners came and said, hey, I want like 30 cases um, of something. And I'm already projecting, or what I'm trying to project, we're still kind of new at projecting what we need, our inventory and stuff, where we got to the point that we ran out of like, pineapple habanero ghost and we had to stop we had to only bring one case of it per event and it would always sell out you know so when you come back to do it you're looking at five thousand dollars per uh per run per sauce and it's forking over five thousand dollars and if you're doing two sauces it's 11 it's 10 to 11. so you're looking at i need that money and not everybody has that amount of money on hand so scrambling to get that money to to keep us going and now knowing okay this is how much our stuff lasts this is how much we need to project this is how much we need to save for that next run um that's where, where our mind is going to now like because it, it hit us and it hit us in december and luckily we got through we squeezed through december and we had our co-packer run everything i mean we were down to our last like four cases of one sauce and then uh and the other one and then we actually did run out of pineapple before and, and but we made it through christmas like we made it through christmas and december was our best month i mean we did three times our best previous month just in december alone in, in sales so you know now we know shit, this is what we need and it's only going to get better and better and more and more like for all of us you know that's what it is so um that was a tough that's the toughest thing is coming in is like okay all of a sudden you need twenty thousand dollars to to Dude, do that's all your stuff again that's insane yeah that's huge you i know my, i had my eyebrows are like raised right now <laughs> <laughs> i had something to mention i know you guys said like you know make sure you're like reading the fine print do you think i mean are there enough sketchy people out there or you could say co-packers that in fine print there would be some sort of rights that they own your sauce and they can kind of do whatever the hell they want with it like unless you're reading that fine detail is that what some people could come across when they're not actually doing their own due diligence i mean they could be basically signing off rights to hey you guys can do whatever the hell you want with this because 
the co-packers that I see, um, they always have like their own sauces that with their own branding. And I was really leery about that. I'm like, okay, cool. You're not just co-packing for other individuals. You're just like, hey, we could um we could make some of our own products for ourselves. And ooh, blueberry habanero. Ooh, looks very similar to your, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there are people who could do that. Luckily, the folks that we've spoken with um, aren't that sneaky. There really isn't a fine print. All the print is the same. I think Eric was just kind of saying that because it's just like a term that you use. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't doubt that there's someone out there that would be. Um, we know of, I, I think we all know without mentioning the big company that basically try to replicate a bunch of sauces and <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i know it... I, I, yeah you know um and you know i honestly i'm never too concerned about the theft of my my sauce um because in the end our thing um it's our brand yeah um and no one's touching my brand i got my I got my certificates. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but we officially own, uh, we, we trademarked Stanky. Took three years. That's um, pretty bad. But, but the word Stanky is ours. That's um, Dude, you're going to get some weight. I have a feeling that down the line, you're just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to, I have to sell this because somebody wants it and they're going to pay. <laughs> I own the rights to the word fire. It took me like 12, 12 to 14 months, I think it was, to get it. Like, it wasn't as long as yours, but like, I don't find it. Yeah. You didn't even spell it right. To be honest with you, I need to do that with mine, but I don't think people are going to be like, Sam's how, how, Sam's how. Dude, it's hard enough with the LLC where people are just like, all right, how do you spell that? I'm just like, just, I'm going to send you an email. Apostrophe, apostrophe. <laughs> like, uh, it right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys can see this, but the, the stinky boys are rocking the same house's bandana right now. Oh yeah, man. And it, well, because earlier I wanted to say, all right, let it rip. Um, what temperature is it for you guys right now down in the warm southern Florida? It's in the same. Oh, Fifty-nine yeah. <laughs> We yeah. peaked at like thirty today, and Hannah's like. Yeah. It's pretty nice out, and we're just like outside. Wally, our dog, doesn't need his hoodie on when we go on walks, and then we're just like, "Ooh, it's not as warm as we thought it was." So the hat's out today, um, but the bandana will return. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I put a jacket on at a brisk seventy-two. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> Roddy doesn't even have snow, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, no, but that's awesome. I appreciate you guys just being kind of upfront and honest with just, it's not as easy as people see it. I mean, because us, Roddy and I, we can be oblivious. I mean, we're like really arrogant about the way we do things because we're stubborn. We want to be extremely hands-on. So we would just immediately think that, well, Copac and like, oh, that's set and forget. That has to be the easiest walk in the park ever. Honestly, but shit I want to jump, jump in here and say... It some it can look as easy as like, hey, Sam and I have to like source our fucking product. Like Sam finds all his stuff, all his stuff. I have to like find all of our stuff, whatever we can. Sam, like we have to like order our own bottles, and we don't always get the right ones, you know. About that, Sam, we're like we can't find something. So I'm still what we have to do <laughs> when we have to do all of that. 
and then still cook and then like burn our freaking eyebrows and like you know get all like spicy in the eyebrows and in the eyeballs and like in places that you shouldn't be spicy and and all that stuff it's just like when in that moment where we're in there it looks very easy from uh from your side like oh let me call my co-packer and, and make some sauce so i feel like that's why like we've always had this like we do shit the hard way and they just call the co-packer but like hearing you and like and, and you know like all you have to do to get to like actually get your product delivered and like all that and like the, the entire process it's kind of rough too you know no, I'm going to say, like, I, I think this kind of goes back to that comment that I made earlier that, you know, there's really no right way to do it. And it's just it, it's it's a different type of sauce. So I'm going to take Sam sauce, for example, like the type of ingredients that Sam uses and Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're, you're culinary trained, like like the flavors. Yeah, that you're kind of bring out. Over 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like the flavors that you bring out are very unique. So like. You know the people that are listening to this and 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 if you have a, a company that you want to start and you want to start selling sauce out there like don't think that there's one more right way than the other like if you bottle it yourself dude keep doing it like like that's who you are and that's what makes your brand what it is continue to hold your integrity you know um but if you feel you need to scale if you feel that for you it's going to a co-packer like do that jump but there's there's really no right way to do it um and i think what i've what i've learned from being in this in this community and i've only been in it a very short time is that everybody has a different flavor everybody has a different way of doing things and and you know People can make a mango habanero, and it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It's just a different take on it. Um, and I think that that's what makes these sauces so great. That's what makes these sauces so unique. And, you know, I'll try everybody's mango habanero because I really want to see what people's take is on it. Um, but, yeah, I, I really want people to listen to this and think that the way you're doing it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Just keep doing it, and, and it's good shit, man. <laughs> I love that, dude. Because, like, even when you brought up mango habanero, everyone has one. And it's just, like, yeah. you guarantee you line up 20. They're, I mean, maybe a couple yeah. might be going for the same direction, but they're going to be different, man. Like, I, with, with my background, I try to flex that, which is a huge deterrent because, like, if, let's just say, if Hot One's like, yo, dog, I need, you know, 50,000 bottles of like Tiger style. I'll be like, cool. Where am I going to buy, you know, like uh, 50 pounds of Galangal in the middle of the winter in Minnesota? Um, where am I going to get that much Makrut lime leaves? It's just, it ain't happening. So I always joke around thinking like if I ever did co-packing, I would do another brand and I would just call it Sam sauce. And I would just have like a couple bangers <laughs> that could be easily made because my shit like pina de miata. I mean, I'm actually char grilling the pineapple. Um, it ain't happening. I mean, I would love to just say, you know, this is sauce is unique enough. I'd love it. Everybody had it. But um, right at this moment, like it, it, I, it just cannot scale up that quickly without some serious effort being in. But hopefully we can get there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's not a bad idea. Like I don't see why not. Like you know, you could have like your your chef inspired, chef oriented, fancy with the spices and the toasting and the roasting yourself stuff, chef's kicks. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, and then have a line that it could be easily scaled up. So just like go to the masses. Just some bangers that you know would be good, yeah. but but then I would feel like I, I was talking to my wife about it. Like if I did co-packing, what would be awesome is the due diligence. Like all that shit's taken care of. Like oh my god. 
awesome, but I would, I would like that aspect, but I would hate not doing it. You know, I really would. I mean, Roddy, like if he peels his fucking mangoes and squeezes them with his bare hands, I mean, they're rubber gloved up, you know, but, but no, that's, that's hands on them. I'm sure he'd be like, wait a second. You're not doing it right. I mean, he's just like, let me get in there. <laughs> I do it Italian style. You stump it with my feet and just get the juice. It. <laughs> oh, hell. So Roddy, I have a question for you about in, in regards to the mango, because yes, we use, um, we use a frozen mango, you know, it's all the IQF stuff um, because, and the main reason is the consistency of the product because of the ripeness and when it's frozen. Uh, being from Miami and loving mango and eating mango all my life, picking them off a tree and just biting into it and eating it, I know that every mango, even though they look the same on the outside, are completely different on the inside. How do you work with that? Because that that's one of the things that scares me the most is like, that the truth any is, fruit is like that, you know? The truth is that it's fucked. That's how. <laughs> It's just just the way that you're describing it. I yeah. yo mango, I hate it. Oh my because, god! Yeah, especially like so, so. Like no one grows mangoes up here in the north. We have to get it imported either from like you, you know, like whatever. Well, I don't think it's survive. It'll survive up here. So, I I love using though like this small little honey mango, the like okay. small sweeter yeah. one, like you know, chiquito, yeah. But it's mostly available during summer. And when I do find it, what I do is I will buy an entire fucking pallet and then just call my entire team and be like, yep, we're working today, tomorrow, and probably the day after. And all we're doing is peeling mangoes. So if I need the mango to make the salsa right away, that's what I'm going to like just do. I'm going to have it and just make the, the, the sauce right away. But the rest of it, I can actually freeze for a couple of months. So I do have deep freezers and I put them in like a freezer uh, bags and I preserve them a gallon at a time. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that like it's so freaking hard to find mangoes, dude, um, that are at the right consistency. And I don't like it when like the 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 suppliers, for example, stop buying bringing in the the small habanero uh, mangoes and bring you those like big ones because they're like sour. They're not just like sweet. They have a very different flavor profile. And yeah. I noticed it. And just like mm -hmm. dumb. Like those like classic like. I don't know. It would be a generic white boy thing to say, but like the Mexican mangoes, you're talking about just those big, huge ones that when they're yeah. underripe, they taste like carrot. When they're overripe, they're just like mush. Um, but no, I wanted to uh, a big shout out to like Stanky when, when they're being upfront and honest about the IQF, the quick frozen vegetables. If people would ever downplay that because, oh, it's a frozen product. Anyone who co-packs or anyone's making large quantities of anything, um, precision and making sure things are the same and consistent is the biggest thing. So IQF is the only thing those people touch. Um, so don't even think of it as like a, 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 not a superior product. It's individually quick frozen at the peak ripeness. So everything's going to be exactly the same. It's the best way to do it. Um, Severe Foods, Josue, he's done the same. He does IQF everything, even though he makes it all out of another facility himself. But he's just like, dude, you get a case of yellow onions. Um, it's you just use as much weight. Like if your recipe calls for 20,000 grams of, of onion, you don't have to sit there and peel. You just dump in that much done. So, yeah, like individual quick frozen. Um, yeah. It's it's stellar. It's a great thing. 
Well, if we've learned anything tonight, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen and dudes and people and all of you, is that no matter what way you choose, if you do it yourself, if you have somebody else doing it for you, it's still kind of freaking hard. There's, there's, you know, hardships on both ends. And like we've learned tonight, like the hearing of those numbers about having to order those volume and like, whew, imagine throwing 20 grand at an order. Yeah. Hey, I need this. Like I have not had to do that yet. I oh, like any of my advice. That would be insane, man. Like I could not, I don't see myself doing that. I mean, we'll go to the grocery stores and, you know, drop couple hundred bucks at a time with said produce and you're just like okay that's a good deal but yeah to just drop Dude. that much for finished product that's unless you got big bucks sitting in the back mirror you got people willing to throw you cash like that's not easy um especially I with feel, the product i feel like the biggest dog around when i put an order for bottles and it's like four thousand dollars and i'm like oh, look at me i spent four thousand dollars in glass i am bawling <laughs> like, but then you're no. also crying on the inside you're just like oh that'd be the greatest vacation ever for me and my <laughs> wife <laughs> because yeah. another thing like we we this could be another whole episode but you see us grinding working at events crushing it and we do crush it but most of that money is just going right back in the pot and you got to be smart you got to think of it as like a business sense like eric said i mean you can make an event and just bankroll afterwards but i always see those those companies those up-and-coming companies they're doing great then they're closed it's like i think they just celebrated a little too early and they could not continue that wheel moving forward eric eddie sam tell me where can they find you samsauce.com all right, get out of here. Let the Stanky boys tell me. Thank you. You can find us on uh, stankysauce.com or you can find us at the Stanky Sauce on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, any other social media platform that exists out there. We're on it too at the Stanky Sauce. If you guys are ever in the Orlando area and you follow us, we always post what events we're going to be at. Please come and check us out. We always love to see uh, new faces, familiar faces. Come out and check us out. We try to put on a show at any event that we're at. Um, so follow us. And and if you're ever in Orlando, come to one of our events. Um, we put on, well, not us, but the people that put on these events do a really great job um, putting on these markets and putting on these shows. If you're going to Disney World and you want to meet up, I got an annual pass. I'll smuggle in some stanky sauce and we'll, we'll try it on some snacks. Wait, what are now? Hey, this this is starting illegal. Let's drop it here. This has hey, been cheers, the guys. This podcast with Roddy and Sam, and joined tonight by the Stanky Brothers. Um, you can follow us this uh, Spill the Sauce podcast on, on Instagram, or you can email us at Spill the Sauce podcast at gmail.com if you have any like comments or suggestions or whatever. Just send it to your mother and tell her to listen and criticize us. Yeah.